I founded A Mask by Freed because I believe we as a society have a responsibility to protect one another. Welcome to Joyful Sundays, a podcast delivering weekly insights, inspiration, and tools to live a more conscious, connected, and intentionally meaningful life. Join us as we go into the minds of some of the world's most inspiring leaders to discover the keys to unlocking your best self. In the midst of a global pandemic, there has never been a more important time to reflect on how we want to emerge, what we value, who we are at our cores, and how we want to reflect those North Star values in the lives we build post a global crisis. I'm your host, Jody Kovitz. Marissa, I'm so delighted to have you on Joyful Sundays today. Thank you for having me. To start off, before we get into our whole story, which I think our listeners will be fascinated by, tell us, how are you and your family doing, doing these crazy and challenging times? This has been quite an interesting period of time for us. I have a two-year-old who turned two during the pandemic and a three-and-a-half-year-old, and a a part-time 11-year-old, and both my husband and myself are working from home, and um, I think it's just been all hands on deck, most importantly, trying to figure out how to spend quality time together, and at the same time, from a business standpoint, surviving the pandemic and the uncertainty, and trying to figure out how to manage all of that. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your company and what you've done in the pandemic. But just to set the stage, how did you first get involved with your family's manufacturing business? You know, you've been in fashion your entire career. Can you give us a little bit about your background and how you came to the business? So I was living in Miami at the time and I had come back to Winnipeg because the real estate crash had just occurred. And I was on a work visa in the States, being that I'm Canadian. And because I needed a work visa to stay, I was getting lowballed in order to continue on to the next year. And I just decided that it was time for a move. At, At that point in time, I actually was planning and preparing to move to California to teach at a fashion school. And I came back to Winnipeg just in the interim and decided to go into my dad's office at the time to help him out. He had over the years had downsized simply because he took over the business himself around the age of 20 or 21, if I'm not mistaken. And he was just tired. So he was really looking to retire. And I was there probably for a month or two. And I think that his plan was to start to let people go in another month. And about a month before, everybody had had these notices and everybody was figuring out their next steps in the office as well. I said, well, what if I try to do something with this? You know, it was sort of what I grew up around and what I knew. And I also obviously fit well with what I studied and then what I did after my studies. And he sort of said, well, why? And then it was a why turned into an okay if you want. Everybody in my family, I think, sort of 
thought I was completely nuts at that point in time. And I remember when I first started telling some of the staff that was still there that I was going to take it over. And some people first said to me, I had one person specifically say to me, they had told my dad if one of his kids ever came into the business, it was time for them to leave. I had another person tell me that they found another job. And I had one other person tell me that they would try it out for six months if I lasted that long. (laughs) And now we are, what, I guess almost 12 years in. Wow. Yeah, almost 12 years in of me taking over. So I've lasted. So I feel really lucky that I have had an up front and close seat to watch you dramatically pivot what the business is offering the world in this time of the pandemic. And frankly, it's been extraordinary to watch you even, you know, get the idea of creating the new sub brand, a mask that you created and develop the sort of entire brand strategy, marketing strategy, and just the sort of light in your eyes while you were doing it. I'd love you to share that story with our Joyful Sundays audience, because I think it's a story of resilience and true innovation and your ability to to see it and get it done so fast blew me away. So can you share the story a little bit about how you reacted when the pandemic hit and how you quickly created the Amask brand and what it is that your vision is for Amask? I think I see it so much differently. So it's, it's always, it's so interesting for me to hear other people say those kinds of things or say how they see the transition, the pivot that we've done as a business from their perspective and from their eyes and the way I see it. Because for me, it was more so survival instinct. I think the fact that I spent so much time overseas, I have an office in China and I travel often to Korea and to Japan. And in those communities and in those cultures, wearing a mask is much more of a societal norm. So when things started to be addressed here and when the pandemic was moving moving to Canada and, and across the world as a whole, the masking, the activity of masking was a little more normal and a little more understood, I think, because I'd experienced it directly before. We really, being that we are garmentos, we really could move very quickly on creating a mask. One, we have an an office in China from a prototype standpoint. And beyond that, the fact, I think, that that I have all of those things in place and myself had experienced it, really allowed us to move very quickly. You know, for me, there's a lot of masks that are popping up, right? It's a product people need. There's masks everywhere. You can buy them at the grocery grocery store. But they're extremely comfortable because you obviously are are designing with the user in mind. And they're Mm -hmm. lightweight and they're easy to breathe. Like now that you have to wear a mask everywhere you go inside, like today I had to have, I had a medical appointment and I was on a table for an hour and a half wearing the mask. I was fine in the mask and I was actually nervous about it and I it was breathable and it was comfortable and it's cute. So let's talk about that because I actually think the fact that <laughs> you've designed them and they're cool and they're interesting, like talk to me a little bit about that. From a design aspect, I think part of it is just 
is it's visual. And oftentimes there's something that will just inspire me, whether it's something I see on a TV screen or it's something I see somebody walking down the street, whether it's something in social media or it's something at an antique store or something in a wallpaper. Like the inspiration comes from so many different things. And I think the first few masks that we came out with were Canada focused because we really wanted, you know, to bring everybody together and, and for everybody to truly stand together and fight this together because that's how I saw it. And I think that's really how a lot of people are seeing it. And then from there, we went into some limited edition just because I wanted to put a fashion flair to it. So we did some florals because of the time of year. I did one that was that just said fuck off on the front, which I'm not even <laughs> sure if I can say that, but I just said it. And there's some humor to it. And every time I wear it, and like I said, I'm in the country right now, and I, I wore it to the grocery store, and at least half a dozen people just started laughing. Every, as soon as they looked yeah, at me. Yeah, people, because people just need that right now, right? Everybody's so and serious it. and stressed Exactly. Out. So Marissa, we just got an announcement in Ontario about the return to school plan for September 2020. And parents are reacting. We all have a point of view on it. Let's start with yours. I'd love to hear your perspective on the announcement the government made. What do you think? I think we all have a lot of mixed feelings. And I think that obviously with this being an unprecedented time, we don't quite know how to take it at this point. We've been home for so long. A lot of us feel that we're doing a disservice to our kids by not sending them back to school. We want them to continue to learn. We want them to have their social circles. I think at the same time, we're a little nervous. We're a little nervous about the health implications. We're dealing, you know, with an unknown virus. Will the kids bring it home? Can they get it themselves? Will most children be asymptomatic? Things like that. And really also, how will the schools perform and maintain social distances and maintain hygienic environments? I think those are all the questions probably the majority of us are asking ourselves and trying to make that decision on what we should do moving forward with our kids and what would be in our kids' best interest. I, I think that's a really important perspective. And I agree with you. We have we all have conflicted feelings. And at this point, you know, certainly I'm seeing the impact from a mental health perspective on our kids not socializing. And that really concerns me. And at the same time, how do we best prepare our kids to really take on the new normal? You have, as we've discussed today, built this incredible new masking business. And I say masking because I actually believe that you have been doing so much more for the community than just selling masks. You've been educating us on how to use masks properly, how to store masks, and really how to make wearing a mask part of our everyday lives for kids and adults. I'd love you to tell us a little bit about what does masking well look like from your perspective? I think that when we're talking about the proper masking, we have to separate adults and children. I think although all of the requirements are both for adults and children, there's a different way to educate children and to make it fun. Although they know it's for protection and I don't think we want to hide that from them, we want them to feel empowered when wearing a mask. So first and foremost, the proper masking etiquette, if you will, 
is removing a mask by using the ear loop and putting it on by using the ear loops. We try not to touch our face on the outside of the mask, on the inside of the mask, um, and really keep our hands to the ear loops and, and properly secure the mask on and off. When storing your mask, if you're stopping to have a coffee or more so for kids, if they're having lunch, I always suggest giving a Ziploc bag that you should change every single day. Your child should fold the mask in half with the inside, fold that inward. So fold the mask in half, put it in the Ziploc bag. Always wash your hands before remasking. And I'd wash your hands after removing the mask as well or use a some form of sanitizer to clean your hands. I think those are really the most important things to to keep in mind when taking your mask on and off to make sure that you're keeping yourself as safe as possible and also everybody else as safe as possible. One of the things that I've really admired about how you've built the Unmask brand and offering has been that it's really been based on a set of values, really about each of us has the opportunity to protect each other and ourselves. Can you talk a little bit about that ethos? Because I really believe that the foundation of the values on which you built the business is so important in terms of how we all move forward into the future. So I think the most important thing to note is that we all know medical grade masks are truly to be used for frontline workers because of who they are and what they're dealing with during this pandemic. So the requirement for us as civilians is to have a non-medical grade mask. And now we go into how you said your mask protects me, my mask protects you. And that's really been our focus and, and our push for people to really understand that. And there's been a diagram that's been floating around online that probably a lot of your listeners have seen where it shows two individuals facing one another and it gives percentages. But it shows sort of, you know, if you've got two people and they're standing in proximity to one another, let's say for a small extended period of time and nobody's wearing a mask, there's about an 80% opportunity there for you to infect one another. When one person wears a mask, you get somewhere down to, I believe, about 40-ish percent. And once both of you are wearing masks, you actually get down to less than 10% and typically less than 5%. So those are the percentages we're really referencing when we're saying my mask protects you, your mask protects me. And it's that mindfulness of knowing you yourself could be asymptomatic. So by wearing your mask, I'm protecting whoever else is in my close proximity. And they're doing the same for me by wearing their mask. So I want to talk to you about, for you personally, as a human being, how has this pandemic and the experience of it impacted what I would call like your North Star values, the things that matter most to you? Has, that, has there been a shift for you? One of the lessons I've learned during this pandemic is that we all have the capacity to be resilient. I think that Part of me has acknowledged more than ever that survivor instinct, which is why I continue to use that word. Part of me has realized that there is so much value to your family unit 
and to figure out, and that actually we can take in further into when we get into our story, but there's so much value into our family unit and the survival of that family unit and how you work together and how you figure out life together and how you now we're going again, survive a pandemic together. And at the same time, the majority of us have also been trying to balance work. And work has been a scary time. You know, lots of us have not been fortunate enough to continue employment throughout the pandemic. And some of us, you know, like yourself and like myself, have tried to navigate the pandemic and figure out, you know, still how how to make it through and not knowing when the end will be, which I think is very drives your emotions in a fashion that we've never really experienced as individuals. I think most importantly, it's been trying to figure out how we can still enjoy life. That's really been the most important part for me. Yeah. And find joy, right? And like, you know, I'll, I'll open this next part of our conversation, you know, with one example of how I know you do that. So, you know, for listeners to know, Marissa is my daughter's stepmom, and I like to say other mom instead of stepmom to Lily and to to most people, and, you know, married Lily's dad quite a number of years ago, and, and Lily's dad and I divorced when Lily was three, so we've been co-parenting Lily for the last eight years together, because Lily, my daughter, and Marissa's daughter is now 11. And love to share a little bit about, and I'd love to to have you share the story of how we've navigated this together, but I'll just share the first, the joy, you know, we'll be having dinner together and Marissa will order like a spectacular dessert, like way over the top, amazing, like, you know, massive chocolate chip cookie cake or, you know, ice cream cake. That was a good one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. And it's just like, it's the smallest moment of joy, but it's so impactful. And I love, I've loved that with you. So will you tell, you tell the audience a little bit from your perspective about our relationship sort of pre-COVID and then what the pandemic has done for our family? Yeah, I think that in general, you know, everybody starts off in one place and then they end up in a different place. And I think in, if we go way back, like those eight or so years ago, we started off in one place and we're in a very different place today. And I actually think the, the pandemic as a family unit, including all of us, so myself and you and all of our kids together and Michael, so my husband, your ex-husband, um, has actually been good to us. And I, I actually, yeah, I think that that's like a really nice thing to be able to say when we're talking about something that's had such negative impacts on the world. So here's like a positive light for it. We were quarantining and none of us could see anybody else. But because Lily was going back and forth between our homes, we consider ourselves to be one unit. And I think that was the nicest experience and has been a really nice experience for Lily. And in turn, it actually ended up being a really nice experience for all of us. And I think it allowed everybody for our relationship to really grow together. I just think it was the most positive thing that's really come out of the pandemic for all of us. I've been talking about it, I know, with a couple of my very close friends and sort of have described it as the gift of my lifetime that such a difficult time would bring us together so closely as a family. Like, I love that I walk in your house and, you know, your daughter's like so happy to see me and runs over to me and gives me a hug and a kiss and wants to sit on my lap. Like how that makes our daughter, our other daughter feel and just being part of the family for me, what it really 
underscores is that we have a choice. Like people think it's so evolved of us, how we work together as parents and that we, being you and me, Marissa, talk about everything related to Lily. Like we don't make decisions without each other and we get along so well. And it's really for me an example of like you always have a choice that in fact there is a way to do modern family and that we do business together and we do family together. And I wanted to share the story because I felt like it could be an inspiration for other people. And actually, there's people that we both know that are have similar family situations where they're a blended family. And they've often said to me, you know, how do you guys do that? I just think that for us and from the beginning, we've always tried to make sure that Lily came first. And there's always bumps in the road. I don't think that any of us are perfect. Uh, there have been bumps in our road, but we always put Lily first. I think the most important of what we've achieved to date is going to be how we've framed Lily's vision of what a relationship will be in her future. Yeah, I love that. And I think demonstrating sort of the possibility is so important. Before we wrap, I want to ask you a little bit, Marissa, what are some things that you've done during the pandemic that have enriched your feeling of groundedness and made you feel more conscious when you make the time and space to do it? So first and foremost, I think that anybody that's listening to this needs to know that it's okay if they haven't found anything. Because this is a true shit show of a time for everybody. But what I've noticed through all of this is at the beginning, for sure for the first like two months, there was zero rhyme or reason in my life. And I was just fast paced, like beyond 100% for 18 to 20 hours a day. And it was just too much. I'm trying to now find just a little bit, just like you said, grounding in finding time to do things together. And so we always make sure that we stop now and we eat together. Now we're going to get into our audience questions. So here we go. Questions crowdsourced from the audience. One, what is your favorite kind of food? I'm going to go with Mexican. You've traveled around the world. What is your favorite city for a three-day weekend with your husband? Before the pandemic, we did a three-day weekend in Paris, and that was a memorable one. So I'm going to go with Paris. Top restaurant in Toronto. So Mamaka's, they started to do these grill boxes during the pandemic, and it reminded me of how amazing their food is. Marissa, just let's leave our listeners with, all the listeners that now must wear masks inside, at least in Ontario, where can they get a mask from your collection? You can go to freedomfreed.com or you can go to our Instagram at freedomfreed with spelling out the word and, and you can click to shop. Amazing. Thank you so much for being with me on Joyful Sundays and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Joyful Sundays, the podcast where I have truly inspiring conversations about how to become your best self. If you like this episode, support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star rating, and a comment. I'm your host, Jody Kovitz. See you next time on Joyful Sundays.